if the Bucks are to win this series, let me tell you who, maybe not the key player, but a very integral part to their winning this series would be. And it's a name I've brought up on the show before. Bobby motherfucking Portis. I'm telling y'all. You've reached Hoop and Holler, a Square One podcast on basketball and other shenanigans. Danny Green, I'm mad at Danny Green. I just want to thank everybody that's been in my corner during this time. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best, man. I'm the clamp guy. I am the Giannis Antetokounmpo of Lion Center. Eddie Sun. Probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. So you don't got that clutch connection. And Julio Martinez. On uh, Giannis and the Bucks, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Please clap. It comes from at underscore underscore KLU2 on Twitter. Bro, the fact that you knew there were two underscores before the at underscore underscore KLU. He knows your Twitter. That, that means I'm tweeting it too much. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball. Nuggets, Trailblazers, this was one hell of a game tonight, man. I don't know if y'all caught Dane, yeah. but my God. And I got my beef with how the game ended, but we, we need to talk about just how good the game was before he even got to the end of the game because we've seen Dane put on some all-time performances, but psh, this might have been the best one. This might have been the best one. It was ridiculous what he was you doing. S- you see, it, it sucks to lose as a, as a basketball player. Um you you know it maybe you know any any athlete it sucks when um the the game is so nip and tuck and so close maybe possible overtimes and you know extra time whatever and that you know it can be any anyone's game at any given second especially for a guy like dame who really shouldered the load in, in that uh first overtime um it, it can just be such a depleting, you know, experience that it, it just drains you completely because you, you'd almost rather get blown out than go to a double overtime that close of a game and, and just lose because then it's like, damn, we could have had one. And it's like all my energy is spent. Um, and, and, you know, in the in the second overtime game, it just sucks that Robert Covington didn't just lay the damn ball up. It sucks that CJ McCollum. It sucks that CJ McCollum, you know, stepped out of bounds. It sucks that you know, if you're Dame, it's like, why did I pass a stupid ball if I if I've hit every you know single clutch shot in this game? So, I know Dame's the type of dude to bring it every night, but I'm afraid. And yes, I'm afraid because I really, really want Portland to win this series because I think they have a better chance to beat the Phoenix Suns, assuming that the Phoenix Suns are going to win, uh, than the Denver Nuggets. Um, uh, so I, I really feel bad. I'm afraid that, you know, they're going to come in next game and just be like deprived of energy and, and that the Nuggets are going to close them out. I hope not. But um, yeah, I, I just I, I really want Portland to, to pull out the series. Well, I, I would hesitate to say that they're going to be deprived of energy, just considering the fact that that game is going to be played in Portland. I, I would, mm. you know, they tend That's to go point. up pretty hard. That's a good point. They, they, they rock with their dudes pretty hard. And, and Dane, we've seen what he's been able to do at home with his back against the wall. But, yeah, man. It, I, but before I go off, you, you go ahead, Eddie. Um, well, I originally had thought that Portland would win in six because they're I think they're clearly more talented than Denver. Um, and it's honestly just kind of frustrating me. Like, Portland has frustrated me all season the way they've been playing. 
that they're not, you know, they're not showing that they're the better team compared to Denver. But I do need to give the Nuggets some credit because Jokic is, I mean, Jokic is really amazing. Like, I know I kind of converted to the Steph MVP train at the end of the season, but I mean, Jokic is like crazy with the sort of stuff he does, you know, game in and game out. Um, and then, like, some of the role players for Denver, like Monty Morris, who I really like. I know he stepped up big today. I know, like, everyone kind of likes Fasu Campazo because he's, like, this short dude who likes to, you know, <laughs> like, get under, you know, star player skin or whatever. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what's up with Portland. Maybe they do need to fire Terry Stotts this offseason and, you I, know. But it's, it's just, yeah. like, they have, the, they have the personnel to go for a deep playoff run, I think. Like, they should be beating mm. this Denver team. I think if they play the Suns next round, they have the personnel to, you know, win against the Suns. They have yeah. the personnel to win against the Jazz, the Clippers, like any of these teams. And, and, I mean, especially with Dame, you know, putting up, like, 55 points like he did today or whatever it was, it just doesn't make sense to me how um, they're not doing better. So, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know how the rest of the series will go. I hope Portland wins the last two games, and I think they should. But, you know, may, maybe Denver will just pull out game six. So I can't really By be the, sure. Yeah. By the way, I did have Portland winning in seven. So I do hope that it still comes to fruition. I think the, the solution is going to be, A, firing the coach, getting a new voice in there. And B, something I mentioned to Reagan, it doesn't have to be this specific player. But trading, and I think they should have done this a year or two ago, but you, you got to package C.J. McCollum and Nurkic and maybe another dude who I, I know that that's a big cost, but you got to go out there and get you like a star, like another star to pair next to Dame. Now, whether that's a, a wing type player or maybe more of a somewhere, uh, someone who's a big, uh, a big guy, you know, that type of mold. But you have to get Dame, another star player. CJ, you know, teeters on that fence. He's not a star player probably the next thing to it he has the skill set to get his bucket whenever he wants to but it's not it's not the answer it's never going to be the answer and you owe it to your star player in dame to to you know experiment and go after those types of dudes and go after that championship it's not going to work with uh uh this team this current construction yo is is Derek jones hurt he's just out of the rotation damn that's interesting when did that happen well, it's because they rather play uh, Enos Cantor and Carmelo minutes together, for whatever reason. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, I I just wanted to mention that watching this game, especially you know, I had to click off that Lakers game because it wasn't worth watching. But it, it, every so often you you watch a game and it really just ignites the the you know put the analytics aside. Julio, what the hell? Hold on, I gotta stop. What? Why do you have that? What, a hat? <laughs> no, a Harvard dad hat. First of all, you go to USC. Second, as far as I know, you have no child. Third of all, if you had a child, you damn sure wouldn't be going to Harvard right now. He'd be going to preschool. It's my. It's Why my, do you own that? It's my dad's hat. You went to Harvard? My brother goes to Harvard. Damn, I know that. The superior brother. How, imagine, I'm playing. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, he's doing his PhD. Man, I did not know. Yo, Josh? No, no, no. It, um, uh, my other brother, Angel. Oh, word. Good. Yeah, Good. this well, man, he thought I had no connection to Harvard. <laughs> yeah, because I had noticed the Harvard um tag on the back of your um, 
on the back of your car too and i didn't say nothing but now i saw this i'm like okay this guy's just buying harvard stuff (laughs) but um hey go jeremy lynn i suppose but anyways (laughs) you watch a game every so often it really just ignites the the you know and analysis aside you know narratives aside stats aside whatever the hell it just ignites like the joy that you get from watching basketball and i really got that tonight watching dame which is just like this dude is fucking unreal doing all this shit and i hated i hated 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 that for the final three possessions of this game he did not get a shot up he did not get a shot up i think he passed out of the first one and it ended up being a missed shot from i want to say norman powell in the corner and then the next mm-hmm. one was the Rob, Robert Covington missed dunk for no damn reason. Um, and then, and then the, the last the one was CJ. CJ stepping out of bounds. Yeah, so I, I just hate the fact that he – because he made – it was almost on some bronze stuff where it was like he made the smart basketball play, but it's like, dude, put that ball – that you yeah. got 55 points. You've missed in total eight shots on the entire night. You've missed eight shots, and that includes free throws. And that includes free throws. He missed eight shots on the entire night, and that shot don't go up. That's not me. That's not me coming for Dame. But it's like, golly, I yeah, don't even care if they You just got the hot hand right now. I'm taking a like, what Paul George would call a bad shot over anyone else on the court right now because you're that lit the fuck on fire. And I just hate that he didn't get those shots up because, you know. It definitely would have been a better result. It, whatever. They, like, no one can be mad. Even if he airballed, he chucked up an airball. No one can be mad at him for taking any of those shots at that point. When you're just that on fire. I thought he was going for 60 tonight. Yeah. I thought he was going for 60. And, and, and the thing is, is that most people perceive that. They say, oh, Braun makes the, the, the right basketball player. And he's not selfish. People are wrong. People perceive that attitude as, as uh, and I know Dame's not afraid. D- Dame's not afraid of any situation. So I'm not coming for Dame in any way, uh, shape, or form right now while, while I say this. But people perceive that attitude as, you know, live by your best player and die by your best player as selfish by the best player. Like, give me the ball, move the hell out the way, and I'm going to just do me. People perceive that as selfish. No, it is not selfish. You know why? Because people on your very team, your own teammates, want to look at you and give you the ball. Not every player is built like that. They want you to shoulder that pressure. They want you to carry the load. They want you to carry them to the promised land. So they look to you to lead them there. Now, th- th- I was I was pretty mad at LeBron today, but then I realized I, I had misplaced my anger. That e- even if LeBron was like otherworldly tonight, he wasn't gonna make up for the Suns just completely going bonkers from three. Um, but it's like you know, if you don't assert yourself offensively when you're the best player on your team, your teammates are are, are gonna get you know that fear nervous factor inside them. And so when I say that you live by your best player and you die by your best player. That's the route you need to go because your teammates want that too. It's not just the best player wants that because, you know, I want the adoration that comes with a buzzer beater. Your teammates want you to carry that load because, you know, I'm nervous, you know, except if you're Kuzma. Kuzma is going to take a shot. But it, not even that you're just nervous, but it's like, I believe, you know, I, be, I, I believe in you. Yeah, in you. exactly. I believe in you. Like, exactly. I, be, I, I, I run with you, Julio. We go, we go to the, we go to the, we go to Downey and we run. 
right? Like, I have every faith in the world in myself. And if you pass the ball my way with the game point on the line, you better believe I'm pulling that shit. But if you said objectively, like, Reagan, who would you rather have the ball? I'm like, I'm taking Julio getting double teamed over me with a wide yeah. open shot every day because I have that much faith in the dude next to me. Like, and obviously, his teammates have that much faith in him. He would have dropped 55 points if they didn't. So, like, you know, take your shot, man. Take your shot. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not his fault. It's not his fault. He's not afraid of it. It's not because they were they were hard doubling him. Yeah. Like he wasn't. They was not letting him on. Like you can see Austin Rivers telling Jokic like, "Come the fuck up. We are not letting him shoot the ball." Yeah. But either way, man, even if it's like a fifty footer step back, that's your shot. That's your shot. Last but not least, this is interesting. This might be the most interesting series that we've discussed today. Um, Clippers, Mavericks. It started out very ill for the Clippers, but. They've rebounded. Kawhi looks very, very good. I'm still on the fence. Like I, Before the series, I had the Clippers. And in this present moment, I'm on the fence of who I think wins the series. But the way that the Clippers are rolling, I might lean with them. What do y'all think? Because we watched part of this game at your house, Julio. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's actually, this is one of the crazier series, but not by each game individually. Because a lot of, you know, the games haven't been... Super, super close. Some of them have been blowouts. Other um, you know, other games have been like ten point wins by the Mavs or by the Clippers, whatever. It's just hasn't been close, but yet it's two two, right? It's a very interesting series. So yes, I had the Clippers winning in six. I think, I, yeah, I, I think I'm right. I had the Clippers winning in six. Then the Mavericks and Luca just said, "All right, everybody, gonna give this series to the Clippers. We about to go off." Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith, Chris Porzingis in, in some moments, and Luca especially. I don't even have to mention his name. They were going just insane against the Clippers. Like they had, like they had a, a a a fire in their eyes every time they stepped on the floor against this team. After those two games, I I switched my pick. I said, "All right, I was wrong. I was wrong about the Clippers." I was, and this is this is where uh, uh, this is the uh, more in depth part of my discussion that I that I want to talk about. So, a, I was wrong about the Clippers. I was right about at least I was right about Paul George. Uh, <laughs> I but I was wrong about Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi, bro, man, did he disappoint me? I said the the map when I say I switched my pick. That's when I said Luca's easily by far the best player in this series. He's entering top five, and he may still be in that top five for me. We'll have to reevaluate at the end of the season. But Kawhi Leonard is dropping for me, and it's looking ugly, man. It's looking real, real ugly. It's looking real, real ugly for him, and at least how I view him as a player. But, man, did he come back in games three and four and just drop bombs on this team. Even in game two when he dropped, I think it was like 41 points, he's been on an absolute tear. I mean, I think it was by the third quarter of game four, I think, he was shooting like 90%. Like, how do you how do you do that? Even if you're as strong as he is, you create you create that separation, you get those simple shots in the mid range. You can't no one no one you can't do that. You can't do, replicate 90%. That that's impossible. And he's been doing it. And so I guess he's been proving me wrong because I switched my take on him. So I, I don't know. I'm very confused by this whole Kawhi Leonard thing. And I am uh, in agreement with you, Reagan. Uh, that I am back on on the on the Clippers uh, uh, winning this series 
And yes, it did take me flip-flopping my picks, but I, I guess that's just how this team rocks. They can't handle you know too much expectations on them and when you know all the expectations were low again they want to win two games in a row so it's very you know you don't know what the hell is going on with this team the thing that is you have to pay attention to is Luca's health because you know all these other dudes can't do it by themselves it's Luca who creates their open shots it's Luca who you know opens the floor up completely for them whether that's from three or, or in the lane so if Luca if Luca isn't right with his neck and shoulder, whatever, it's it's easily going to be the Clippers. But I, I'm hoping he is, and I, I'm hoping that the Mavs win this series. Yeah, I think the momentum is all definitely back on the Clippers' side, and um, they'll. I think they'll end up winning in six, um, but it's not the six I think we all imagined. Right? Yes. It was it was a very eventful six games. Um, but yeah, I'm with you that for two and like a quarter games. Right, like the start of that game three, I was just like, man, the Clippers are pathetic. They're pitiful. You know, like they're <laughs> awful. And it's not, and it's not even that like you know I'm I'm bashing the Clippers organization or or you know any individual player. It's just like there's no way that this is the playoffs and and this is how you guys show up. Like it's okay if it's just one game. You know, like you were slapped in the face for one game, but game two and then the first quarter of game three when they were down by like twenty points. Yeah. I mean, I was I was like, there, there's just no way. Because it was like they forgot how to rotate on defense. Like, they were missing simple rotations, you know. And then on offense, they started really getting, you know, like, they, they, they got flustered. Like, that's really what it was. Um, but I think, you know, now the series has gone on for uh, four games now. And as much as the Clippers weren't rotating and decided they forgot how to play defense... I think Dallas's weaknesses has also really shown through. And it's not that Dallas is not playing defense. It's that they don't have the personnel to really defend the Clippers. Um, they're realizing that Porzingis is a liability and that he can't move his feet. And now, you know, Porzingis has started to become like a negative player because he's not getting rebounds. He's not scoring inside. He's, you know, he's only as good as his three-point shot is for a 7-3 player, which is kind of ridiculous. Um and then Luca, his health, right, is obviously a concern. The free throw shooting is also a concern. Oh, my God. He's, he's missing like, way too many free throws. Um, Horrible. So I think, like, now now you see that the series is kind of equalizing. <laughs> the emotions are out of the way. Um, I know Kawhi's been really good. I do have to give him credit. Um, Paul George has been out of his mind, too. And I hope, you know, no Paul George slander or whatever. Like, you, you've got to give him his props. Um so we'll see. Again, like the Clippers should should have been the better team all along. They have all sorts of wings to throw at Luka, but decided to guard him with Zubac and Reggie Jackson instead, which made no sense whatsoever. But it seems like they're figuring it out now. Yeah, Ty- Tyron Luke kind of confuses me. And, you know, it's just like the Clippers as a whole, they be saying things that just don't make sense. Paul George not listen to the Clippers. Paul, when they yeah, talk, Paul, you just got Paul, Paul George not looking at the camera saying, and no pressure. No, no pressure. He just tries to, you know, imitate and emulate Kobe so bad. But you, you, stop. You, you're not touching Kobe. Tyron Lue said, said something that eventually became true. But in the moment, I was like, yo, what the hell are you talking about? He said, we'll see how they shoot those shots. They were open shots in the first two games. We'll see how they shoot, you know, those shots on their home floor. I was like... 
Are you stupid? Are you stupid? Are you stupid? Are you stupid? But this, and then it, it, you know, it came to fruition, and I'm like, are you stupid? Or are you a genius, bro? Because that that's some like fortune teller stuff. But I don't know. You like Reagan said, you just can't listen to this team. Can't listen to this team. Man, I I started laughing because I read a tweet just back to the Lakers. It said. This man said Dennis Schroeder disgraced Pan Africanism today, and that <laughs> that's that's OD. <laughs> Zero points. Back onto the uh, Clippers, man. I'm starting to get the feeling, and mind you, heading into these play- the playoffs, I had the Clippers coming out of the West. I did not feel like the Lakers were going to come out of the West. I didn't think they were equipped to. I didn't think they just they had the preparation heading into the the the. Moment to shine. We would have been though. Or the health. We would have been though. The and the way we were lo- honestly looking, like yes. I, I feel like I would have eaten those words. But at this point, Mm-mm. you know, unfortunately, it seems like what I predicted might come true, and it feels like the Clippers are almost gonna win the West by default. Is it me? Like it's like it's not even like they just went through and they rampaged through the West and earned it. They flopped ass first into the Mavericks, and now they're finally trying to regain some traction. Then they'd go up against who in the next round? The the Jazz? The, the Jazz. And, yeah, it's just I'll, – I'll get to it next series, but I just want to say that the Clippers and the Suns are the last two teams that I want in that order. Uh, the Clippers and the Suns are the last two teams I want in the NBA Finals because I would be so upset. It's just like, you know, the Jazz, like, the Jazz have played well, but it's still, like, the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell isn't 100%, like – Honestly, I wouldn't be mad at the Jazz making the Western Conference Finals, but the Clippers just feel like the talent would overwhelm them. Yeah. Um, then you'd have, what, the Suns or the Nuggets? The Nuggets are Jamal Murray-less. The Suns are, you know, playing with, like, 50% of Chris Paul right now. It, it, it's not going to feel like, at the end of the day, it's going to feel like the Nets win the NBA championship. Yeah. Or the Bucks. I would not be mad at the Bucks. I would actually feel quite satisfied with the season if the Bucks won the championship. We'll get there, though. But, yeah, we'll get there. Speaking of the Nets and the Bucks, to close out this episode, we have one series that's locked in for the next round at this point in time, June 2nd, uh, 2021. Only one series is fully locked in, and that's the Nets versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Might be the most interesting series that we get throughout this playoffs, honestly. Um, so let's talk about it before we get up out of here. What What are your thoughts on on? I, I, I want y'all arguably picks. the East two powerhouses. I, I know Eddie likes the 76ers, but if you ask me, these are the two best teams in the East. I want y'all picks. I want your guys' picks. I'll just say it right now: Bucks and seven. Um, hmm. I think okay, the Nets are gonna have to face an adjustment period, um, going from facing the pitiful Boston Celtics to someone who can go toe to toe with them in Milwaukee. And then I start looking at, you know, the matchup on paper. Um, the, the DiVincenzo injury really hurts, I think. It really hurts um, defensively. But I still think they have the sort of personnel to match up one-on-one. Um, you can put Drew Holiday on Harden. You can put Giannis on... Or you can put Chris Middleton... Well, I mean, it depends. I would say put Giannis on KD and see what you can do there. Point being, the way to defend Brooklyn, and I've said this all along is you have to force, and you don't have to do a lot of forcing, but you have to force Kyrie and KD into taking one-on-one shots, which they're more than happy to do, um, but you have to make them tough shots. And you have to force them to hijack the offense by them taking tough one-on-one shots. And then the second key is to stop you know, the James Harden, 
game meaning when James Harden goes off the whole team goes off so that's why I say when you can put Drew Holiday and James Harden um, Holiday's a really cerebral defender really smart defender I think he has a sort of presence of mind to neutralize James Harden on and then you know if you can do well one-on-one then you're then you're not looking at opportunities for Joe Harris corner threes because you don't have to rotate you don't have to help because you're staying in front of your initial defender, uh, initial player, one-on-one. Um, you're not looking at, you know, Bruce Brown cuts or uh, Nick Claxton lobs or whatever. Basically, I would bet that if Milwaukee can execute a defensive game plan, I would say that the sort of lack of resistance Brooklyn will pose to Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Giannis, that lack of resistance will become more of a problem for Brooklyn than they can make up with Kyrie tough shots and KD tough shots. Um, so that, so that, that, that's just my whole thing. I think the one-on-one philosophy that Brooklyn will embrace, um, you know, they have the best scores in the league on that team, but one-on-one scoring, especially when it's faced with tough defense, won't be able to beat a mediocre defense and the sort of shot making from Holiday and Middleton that Milwaukee has shown us from that Miami series. Look- let me ask you, because I think this is... I'll, I'll ask you both before I get to my take. Um, who would you put on the three players, obviously using Drew, Middleton, and uh, uh, Giannis? You, so, Eddie, you would put Drew on Harden, Middleton on Kyrie, and Giannis on KD? Middleton I, to... Because to, Middle, Middleton can play D. And, and with can, his length, think- maybe he can... This is the thing. I think DiVincenzo is one of the best Kyrie defenders in the league. Yes. Like on paper. Yes. So losing him is really tough. And it's like you can try to throw like Pat Connaughton or whatever, um, but it, it won't be quite the same. I wouldn't put Middleton on Kyrie, though, because I don't think Middleton is quite good against like the shiftiest guards in the league. And, and Kyrie's the obviously quick, the quick probably guards. the shiftiest. Right. So that's where you that's where you say, look, you know, if, if Pat Connaughton or um, who else do they have? Like even if they have like PJ Tucker on the floor, then you can slide. Um, what can you do? I mean, I guess Kyrie is cooking. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying PJ Tucker, Tucker on Kyrie, but I was thinking, you know, I PJ Tucker guarding KD is one of the better uh, matchups in the yeah. league. I think. Then you can yeah. talk about Giannis has a lot of room to roam as a free safety and, and this and that. So there's a lot of things Milwaukee can do. But I will say, losing Divincenzo takes yeah. a chess piece out. A really crucial chess piece yeah so here here's my take do i do i have faith in uh Giannis? no but did i say at the beginning of the season like in late game situation that's what i mean late game situation but at the beginning of the season obviously getting drew holiday that that doesn't completely flip the script upside down because i love drew holiday but drew holiday isn't Kyrie, Drew Holiday isn't Dame. He's not Steph. He's not, you know, one of those types of dude. But he is. He can score. People underrate, you know, his scoring chops, his scoring ability, and his ability to run an offense and, and pass the ball. Um, so that helped. And then the way that they were playing throughout the season and in this last, you know, playoff series, they gave me more confidence. Not enough to pick the Bucks against the Nets, but enough to say, like, hey, all right, this is going seven. I'm still going Nets. Now with the now with the uh, uh, loss of Divincenzo, I said it before. They they are not they they're not deep. They're not deep. 
Um, and losing him, I just feel like I just feel very, very confident now in saying where, you know, before it wasn't a total coin toss. But um, now I just feel very, very confident in saying that Brooklyn is going to get this win. And what I see from Brooklyn, what I see Steve Nash doing is that Steve Nash is literally saying, all right, when KD and Kyrie, you guys play together, when you guys come out, I am no longer the head coach. I am the assistant coach. You know who becomes the head coach? Mike D'Antoni. You know why? Because James Harden is literally playing with the with the Houston Rockets out there. And it's his team. And we, you know, for all the flack that even I and other people have given James Harden uh, for, you know, his time in uh, uh, Houston for not, you know, getting past certain, you know, series and certain teams. Bro, period, point blank, bro was dominant. Bro was dominant. You know, he just had to be, you know, he had to drop 40 to 45 to to each game to get a playoff series. And that was his game. He loved doing it. He was able to do it. Um, he, He was able to facilitate to different shooters. And that's literally their second choice of offense. That's insane. I'm not about, you know, all those analytics and statistics saying that, you know, the Houston Rockets were the best freaking offense to ever, you know, touch an NBA basketball court. James Harden's like the best scorer ever, you know, whatever Daryl Morey said. But, I mean, it has some truth behind it because, damn, if that's their plan B, it's like, all right, I can't do anything. I can't I can't do anything. <laughs> it's like – and then and then when he's cooking, he's – and I know Boston wasn't a wasn't a tough matchup, but when he's cooking, and then Kyrie, and then KD come back into the game, sub you know sub subbing them in, it's like, I'm sorry, but Giannis, as much as you know those duties have been relieved of of you, and Brooklyn's not going to have that defense, it's going to be a lot to overcome to you know perhaps the best what I regard as the best scorer to ever play. The most skilled player, Kyrie, to ever play. And James Harden maybe you know, top th- four score ever. It, that, that's just like, that's too much. That's too much. I just had to think about that. K- three. But KD, Kobe, you, MJ, yeah. Interesting. Okay. I can't get mad at that. But let me tell y'all who on the Milwaukee Bucks end, mind you, I have the Nets winning. I have the Nets winning the championship. But... If the Bucks are to win this series, let me tell you who, maybe not the key player, but a very integral part to their winning this series would be. And it's a name I've brought up on Can the I show guess? before. Can I guess? Yeah. Bobby motherfucking Portis. I'm telling y'all. I'm telling y'all. Because here's the thing. Brooke Lopez cannot see the floor. Brooke Lopez cannot play more than 20, 25 minutes might be pushing it. Because when the Nets start rolling out those lineups with athletic-ass Nick Claxton, with um, athletic-ass Brooke Lopez, hell, guard-ass Bruce Brown at center, it's not going to be pretty. I think where you can I, I think where you can play him is in that second unit. Harden plays with the second unit. Where you can play him is with that second unit because Harden. And all he got to do is stand. Yeah, there. sure, exactly. Sure. Harden just loves getting to the rim. Yeah. But like, points point being, when it, when push comes to shove, when we're talking about last five, six, seven minutes of the game, and you know these teams are probably going to be in a lot of close games, and it's winning time. Brooke Lopez cannot see my floor if I'm Mike Budenholzer. So you put PJ Tucker in there, 
right? But now that you don't have Dante DiVincenzo, you need a fifth guy. Is that Pat Connaughton? I'm not willing to trust it. Is that Bryn Forbes? We've seen him heat up. I'm still not willing to trust it. Bobby Portis has been a consistent presence for this Milwaukee team from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. Y'all are going to hate me for saying this shit, but Bobby Portis is going to play some big minutes that are going to win the Milwaukee Bucks games in this series. He's a versatile defender. He can slide. He has nonstop. He can shoot the ball. He got 40 plus percent from three. He's an aggressive ass rebounder. He has nonstop hustle. He's going to be vitally important from my vantage point on playing this team. Um, I think because you can't play um, Brooke Lopez, I think you end up using Giannis or P.J. Tucker as your rim protector. I think I don't mind P.J. Tucker as like the focal point of the rim protection if you have, like you mentioned, Giannis in that free safety position. But then you have a guy who's going to need to slide out on the perimeter Bobby Portis is able to do that and still save you some of that length that you're going to need against this Nets team. And you're going to need somebody who's capable of at least trying to chase and get around screens on Joe Harris, right? Because you know they're going to do that. They love to do that come crunch time is set screens and run Joe Harris around. And you're going to need guys who have effort. And if Chris Middleton's already consumed with one of these all-NBA, all-world players, Giannis is going to be down there in the paint. Um, and you got Drew Holiday consumed with the other all-world player. Like, who the hell do you have out there chasing? It's not going to be Giannis. His big ass isn't going to get out on the screens. Bobby motherfucking Portis. Bobby motherfucking Portis. Remember that name. He's going to play some big minutes, and he's going to be crucial if the Milwaukee Bucks are going to have a chance of winning the series. And when you hear um, what's, whoever the hell is announcing the games, Reggie Miller, whoever the fuck, yo, Bobby Portis has been good all season. You remember who told you first? <laughs> remember who told you first? It was Reagan Griffin. Remember who's been telling you all fucking season, Bobby I, I Portis will say, plays good I, basketball. I will say the, the announcers threw out a stat that I didn't know. He shot he, his his three point percentage was like the best in the league. It was number one, he, and number two, and number two was Brent Forbes. That that's crazy. That they, they they have the top two. I think Brent Joe, Forbes gonna have some big minutes too, but he's just too much of a defensive liability. Yeah, like, yeah. And I almost wonder, come like, I I get wanting to put like a, a PJ Tucker or a Giannis on, on KD. But at the end of the day, we started the top of the show talking about Jason Tatum and how he's the defender's always at his mercy because at the end of the day, I don't see you if I'm Jason Tatum. I don't see you if I'm Kevin Durant. It don't give a fuck how well, here's well the thing, you're defending though. me. I've seen Houston put P.J. Tucker on KD for three straight years in the play, or I guess it was two straight years in the playoffs, and it worked pretty well. Right. Um, and KD still got his points, but it was hijacking the offense like crazy. And I still mm-hmm. think P.J. Tucker has it in him to, you know, really pest – Pester Kevin Durant, you know, in those ISO buckets. That's why. That's why I really like to pick up just for this. So one do you? Do, so, so do you start him? PJ over over Brooke Lopez. If it were me, probably, but they won't. Like they'll run with their starting lineup, but like he definitely gets more minutes. It's about who's the finishing lineup, the like board. you always say, Julio. It's yeah. about who finishes. Yeah. Uh, so looking through my crystal. Uh, uh, globe or whatever is uh, uh, reading Did into you just the do a, a telescope motion. Yeah, yeah. Looking, yeah, looking through a globe. Looking at that statement. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> looking, looking into the future. Um, <laughs> Dude. Crystal ball said yeah. globe. That's and what did I meant. A telescope motion for what he was referring to. <laughs> that should be at the beginning of the 
That's interesting. Oh, what the hell, man? Um, what I was gonna say is that looking into the future, if the Nets do pull out this, uh, I guess win the championship, is it gonna be looked at as a fluke? If Joel is out, if Joel is out, if the Lakers aren't there, someone's let's say the Jazz got to the finals, and their only tough out was Milwaukee. It's hard to look at it as a fluke because of how talented that team is. Exactly. People only want, and this is something I don't like about basketball at all. This is also something I I low-key wanted to address, but it kind of slipped my mind, is that I feel like the energy around these playoffs isn't as, or won't be as adamant if, like, say, the Clippers got eliminated or the Lakers got eliminated. Because it's like people have in their minds maybe... 10, 12 players in the league that they give a shit about, and then anyone else who does anything, it just doesn't matter. So um, it won't be viewed as a fluke because of how gifted that team is, but it will also be said, well, like, oh, you didn't have to play this team, and you didn't have to play that team. So, you know, it, it might be like a, a uh, asterisk, whatever the hell, whatever. That's, like, it's a championship. You get, you it, got it, that it, shit, right? You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's it true, itself. but it, it is crazy to think that what if, you know, this might be their hardest series. They had to face a Celtics. Imagine that, or and then they have to face, like, let's say, a Sixers without Embiid, and then the Utah Jazz. Like that, that'd be like wow. That'd be disappointing. Now, might it be called like the easiest run? Perhaps, but still a championship. Yeah, I mean, still, the yeah. Lakers did that last year. We still think they won a championship, legit, right? We beat James Harden though. You I mean, thought you thought they were gonna beat us. I I did I did. But but Fo- Fo- I mean first of Fo- all, Reagan thought Reagan thought Dame time was gonna beat Lake Show. I didn't say that shit. You know I didn't say that. <laughs> I thought he was gonna get like two games off, and they would have got two games. You off said if, seven uh, games. I did not say seven games. I said they were getting two games off. I said they were getting two games off, and they would have gotten two games off if Damian Lillard didn't get hurt. We beat the Nuggets too. Shoot, this is not a fluke. Everybody telling, yeah, everybody, everybody telling me Jokic MVP, Steph not MVP. Shoot, we beat the MVP. I mean, point being, you got Harden, KD, Kyrie on your team, like Reagan said. Whether it's a fluke or not, like people would expect this team to win a championship regardless. Um, But my last two cents about this series, um, the two things I think I'll really be looking for is the amount of shots Giannis puts up per game because I think Milwaukee will be in trouble if he puts up more than 15 a game because once that number starts creeping up to like 20 or like 22 it's a lot of times where Giannis is trying to take like sidestep middies threes even if they're wide open and it's like those are not good shots and then what was the other thing I wanted to look for oh I think on the other end it was um oh it was how how well can Milwaukee make James Harden not Brooklyn's best player, if that makes sense. Because in my eyes, if Brooklyn mm. wins, it'll be because James Harden looks like the best player. And Milwaukee has to do their best to scheme James Harden into looking like he's a supplementary player and not the best player. That, that'll that be, I think, the I two w- biggest things I look for. I, I, like I will, I I will say point. I will say that um, I was going to ask you, what kind of field goal attempts for Giannis? Because if they're on a... If they're, you know, doing a lot of fast breaks and he's attacking the rim, that's exactly what I want Giannis to do. Even if it sends him to the free throw line, he's not a great free throw shooter. 
it's just still putting the pressure on Brooklyn and and, and the uh, on the rim. So if it's those types of shots, I ain't got no problem. But if it's you know stupid side steps and fadeaways trying to be Kobe, stop. It's, it's going to be interesting. I think that was a really good point that you brought up, Eddie, in terms of, like, it 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 speaks to how good this Nets team is that you want to almost game plan and bank on ISO basketball from Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Like, we haven't seen that literally win championships. That, like, th- those two things have won championships. So, but... We know how good James Harden can be when he is the focal point and the players around him are as gifted as they are in Brooklyn. So, yeah, they do have to scheme their way to where uh, it's almost like a one-man show on a given possession because that's really the best you can do. Hell, um, I mean, some of those other dudes like fucking Blake Griffin, Nick Claxton, Bruce Brown, easiest shots of the motherfucking career. Easiest shots of their career. They have to prevent that. They have to make it a one-on-one game. And that's a one-on-one game. If we're being honest, you're losing nine times out of ten. But you have to bank on the fact that your team is gifted enough on the other end to make up for it. But, yeah, that that's why this team is so lethal is that there's just so many different ways to kill you. There's so many different ways to kill you. Yeah, I, I, my concern is who's guarding Kyrie. He about to cook. He, he's going to cook. He really going to cook. Shit, nobody. Right? Like, shit. But... Yeah, man. A- any final thoughts before we head up out of here? It's been shit. This might have to be a two-parter the way this is going. Hour forty two minutes, but any, yeah. Any closing concerns, thoughts, opinions? No, I just yeah, hope that me, Julio, the the Lakers need to get Demar Derozan. So man, that, you that's packed all. It up, you packed it up. I'm disappointed. Like we don't have to pack it up. Yeah, we do. We can. Le- I don't need LeBron what? getting hurt. I don't need LeBron getting hurt. You need to go rest this your ankle. West. Go go to go to uh, wherever you live, uh, Bel Air. Go go back home. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your vacation. Come back work. Retool. Ad get healthy. Get Demar Derozan in the off season. We good. We good. Fuck all that. I want to see. What is he? Thirty six now. Thirty six year old Bron. One last time. One last no help. Backpack series. One one last no help, man. For it's for too the, much. For the old time's sake. Too much to ask. Fuck it. Fuck it. Can, you know what I'm saying? Like, can we, agree, can we, I think, I just want all of us to agree that this is too much for, to ask for LeBron. And even me, I'm a big LeBron critic, but this is too much to ask for LeBron. It's too much oh, to you ask. You see all their damn role players? But it's all also their like, damn role players, bro. It's fucking LeBron James, you know, and I know it's year 18. But he's not hashtag, the same. That, hashtag that's my point. year 18, whatever, age 36 LeBron or this whole narrative. But it's that's like, not the point. it's also LeBron James. He's not the same. Like, you, you expect him. To do these sort of crazy heroic things, you know, and but until I see that he doesn't, I'm not going to rule it out. I guess I guess he's shown he, he's shown he's shown us ever since he got back, he's not explosive and he's not moving, you know, laterally like like he he was before the injury, and, and that's you know he's not 100 percent, but even 100 percent LeBron James. This is why I said my anger was misplaced at LeBron during the beginning of the game. Because uh, I wanted him to attack and attack and go all out, it, my anger was misplaced. Because even if he did have a legendary game, he wasn't going to beat this team. So why, why? Here, here's what I will say. I feel like the West is pretty wide open. Just considering, oh yeah, like oh the yeah, injuries and lackluster efforts and inconsistencies within different teams. Should LeBron 
will this team, assuming AD is gone? I will I say, like yeah, that that is true. That is true. This would be our toughest match. This would be our toughest match. Should should LeBron, like you said, he, this would be a toughest match. And if Chris Paul's out, who knows, right? Or if Chris Paul's hurt, he's not himself. Who knows? Should LeBron will his way through this Western Conference and find himself in the NBA Finals with, you know, no AD or, you know, 60% of AD, whatever the case may be, put together a good Finals performance? Maybe not win it. Who knows? I'm not saying I'll call him the GOAT, but I'll consider it a lot more than I usually would. Because no. right now, like Jordan, it's Jordan to everybody else still in my mind. But if he figured this shit out, no, you, you what what's up? He, here's the thing: you only do that if the if the team coming out of the East was like a, a, a okay. So our next matchup would be Denver, right? Or Portland it, with 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 Denver. Yeah, with Denver, you have Jokic. I think we I think the Lakers without AD could beat could beat that team. I think with uh, 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 Portland, the way they've been playing this year, it's like, eh, they don't have anyone to defend, like, really, really defend LeBron, in my opinion. Um, I think they could get past that team. Then you move on. You got the Utah Jazz. I think we can beat that team. Uh, they're going to beat Memphis. Or, or even in the, and then the Mavs. And then the Mavs. I, I, my hope would be that the Mavs beat the Clippers because that would be the easier match for the Lakers. But why even do that if you're going to lose in the finals? Why? There's no way that we would beat the Bucks or the Nets if we you didn't have you sound AD. like right now? Who? A good friend of ours. You sound like Rob Parker. How, how you going to talk about you don't want to make the finals if you know you're going to lose? It's the NBA finals. It's the finals. But you're not. You have no chance. You have no shot. You have no shot. You don't know that. Anything can happen. So you're 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 praying and wishing for Kyrie to 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 get hurt and James Harden to get hurt. I did not say all that. You just said anything. You're praying. You're praying for Giannis to get hurt. Like that. That's literally no. I could be <laughs> praying for fucking Contavious Caldwell Pope to go berserk from three. There's like it doesn't have to be negative. But what I'm saying is like. You go out there and compete. You I go out there and compete. I would. You, you, I, don't, you don't pack it up. I would be more upset. I'm gonna wrap it up at this. I would be more upset at LeBron if I really thought we could win the NBA championship. Now that is only contingent on who's coming out of the East, and the team coming out of the East would easily beat us without AD. Because I think that we could feasibly without AD get past the Suns, but it would take a whole lot of. Uh, you know, 110% balls out effort from LeBron, but it, it's just, it's you're not gonna get the chip, bro. You're not gonna get the chip. Hey, man. You know what? We believe. Ain't that right, Eddie? We believe. And even then, that that even then, that's hoping and praying that the Clippers lose to the Mavs, which you don't know. Wouldn't that just be something though? I'm in. I'm in it for like this. Like, I I want to see the teams that weren't supposed to win it win it. I want to see the. Lakers, Sands, AD win it, or the Bucks win it. I think the Nets are. That's neither here nor there. We got ourselves an episode. We've been here for a minute, y'all. Thank you as always, Eddie. Any last words you can talk to a woman real quick? No, I think. I mean, Bucks and seven. I think is a bold prediction. So I'll just leave it at that. Word. All right. So thank you all so much for tuning in. As always, go check out the socials at Hoop Holler Pod on Twitter. 
and Instagram. Go check out our personal socials. I don't mess in that a whole lot, but a lot more stuff goes on down there. At underscore Eddie-son? Yep. What's your... What's, is that it? Yep. At Julio Martinez two O's, two Z's. Don't, don't follow no, me. No, at JT Martinez. No, no, at, wait, for Twitter? Twitter, yeah, at J- JT Martinez. JT Martinez zero, zero. There you go, JT Martinez zero, zero. And then at Reagan D. Griffin on Twitter. Yeah. Go interact with us. We still don't know who the hell y'all are that be listening to this shit, so. Get Reagan that blue out. check. But, who? I said get you that blue check. Shit, man, they ain't gonna give me no fucking blue check. I got like 300 followers. Anyways, thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. This has been the Hoop and Holler podcast.